Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. And I'm Matt Stahl. And someone keeps calling me while I'm doing this podcast the third time. It's from North Carolina. Hmm. I don't know who it is. I don't know anyone from North Carolina. Well, it's not who we're talking about today because it's not in North Carolina. So Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was, that was my first thought. Yeah. They're like, try to call us. Don't talk about them, which would have been a good sign. That means we have a good story. Well, I don't know. I don't know which side of this story would, I guess, probably the reviewer. Actually, I don't know. I don't know which side would want us to talk about this story less. <laughs> we can decide later, but it's basically here's what happened is woman contacted this company, Mr. Sandless, to refinish the floors in her living room and dining room for $695, which depending on what they did, that's actually a really good price. Yeah, I, I think so. I would take that up. But and of course, how much space there is, but it seems like yeah. a good deal. <laughs> that, I don't know. That, yeah, that probably matters most, but yeah. So she wasn't satisfied with how the work went. She, of course, does what a lot of people do nowadays and went on Yelp and posted a review. Wasn't that favorable for the business. Used some words like scam and robs customers, scam liar, bleep <laughs> something. Uh, I don't know if she actually edited out herself or they just did that in the article i think it says scam line i don't know i know what it's saying i don't know if the article edited it or if she edited it yeah yeah if you write something obscene you know usually that's grounds for having it taken down but well, anyway so i think yelp's policy they don't allow foul language in there so the reviewer herself might have edited it. that's my guess but so she posts this and you know there's different ways to resolve these issues but she ends up getting sued by the company she hired to do the work. And the worst part is for her that the judge found that there was, she's liable for $1,000 because some of the words she used, like scam, con artist, robs, implies that the actions were criminal wrongdoings rather than someone who just normal breach of contract. And so that's why this judge, and this was in Staten Island. So very isolated case, isolated jurisdiction, but it's it's very interesting that a judge would rule, you know, decide actually the business gets $1,000 because this poster is insinuating that there was criminal acts that were done. And obviously there's nothing criminal here. Yeah. Well, based on what we know. <laughs> and I think the, this lady is appealing or I, I don't know how practical that is. That seems ridiculous to me that she's appealing to pay the $1,000. But, you know, I think every judge in the country with the same facts, at least they should rule in the same manner. I'm not, you know, obviously... Uh, no judge is perfect, but I, that, that's what I think should happen. But let's think from the reviewer's perspective for a second. I hate doing it, but let's do it. You know, using the word like scam, liar, and and things like this, it's very hyperbolic, obviously. Yeah. But so so is, you know, when you say, oh, I'm going to kill you, et cetera, like you can't, everyone should know, you can't say those things, right? Even hyperbolically, it, you can't say it, especially in writing. Everyone knows when you put it in writing, in, whether it's in an email or online review, it can be reviewed much more differently. So even if she meant that when she says a scam, liar, whatever, she's not necessarily saying that she was scammed, but that you know she feels that she didn't get her money's worth is really what she's saying. Those words are so strong, especially against these contractors, that the judge is right. There's an implication that there's some crime going on. And 
that's the problem is that these words that we, and I say, I don't really necessarily mean me, but we as consumers use when reviewing on Yelp are so strong and so damaging that a lot of times people don't realize that. And that's when a defamatory lawsuit will come after these reviewers and the employers will win when this kind of language is used. Yeah, I mean, usually for the bad review, I mean, there's different levels of these negative reviews. So there's an experience where you go in, let's just say a restaurant, you go into a restaurant, service was terrible, they screwed up your order, you know, and then you leave a review just saying that. I mean, that's, you're just stating facts that happened. Okay, that's fine. Let's say you take it up a notch and throw in all this other language, like, you know, some of the stuff you said, short of (laughs) insinuating criminal acts, you know, that's could that's going to cross the line, possibly, depending on what you say. And then we have this other level of now you're just insinuating that there were crimes committed. And I don't think she's when she says robs, it's not like he's, you know, the business is physically robbing her. So I don't I mean, yeah, it's a little bit different, but it's yeah. I mean, some of the stuff you said, too, and we, we see a lot of Yelp reviews. So we we see the full gamut of <laughs> OK, bad reviews all the way up to like some of the reviews I've seen have just been outrageous i mean it's yeah ridiculous yeah (laughs) Yeah. it's just insane some of the stuff that people write up there and i understand because people are upset but i mean you gotta yeah you gotta be smart about it's why only you said don't ever put it in writing that's why i call people for my threats and just (laughs) california you have to have dual consent to record something so we're pretty safe unless you're the owner of the la clippers which apparently that's fine and (laughs) you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> things like that but no you're right there there are, there are definitely different categories and usually the ones on the on the extreme are on one hand they're easier to litigate because it's more clear but on the other hand they're not as damaging because they're not as believable you know in a way especially if if you have other reviews that are good and then you have this one that's just crazy then i think for most people well i should say a good handful of people they may discount that review in their head, but it still counts against, you know, the Yelp score, the Yelp stars or, or what have you. But it's those reviews that are that are just dishonest and are made to look very real. Yeah. We've seen this very clearly when we knew a hundred percent that this reviewer was lying, but the reviewer crafts it in a way that is believable. And those are sometimes much worse because there'll be times where reviewers and we've talked about this in the past, where reviewers didn't even actually go to that particular vendor. They weren't even, even actually a customer or client, and yet they, they describe it as if they had a bad experience, and of course, we know it's a lie. Those are worse. Oh, yeah. They're easy to prove, too, but you know, harder to deal with. Oh, yeah, I'd much rather have a review that's just like the one that sh- this woman posted here as opposed to one that's just like a straight-up facts and saying bad things based on work that, you know, work that I've done or something like that. I mean, that's way more damaging because it's, it's credibility. So I, if I see a Yelp review that's just outlandish, I just look at it and say, well, that person's probably crazy. But yeah, what I usually do is click on their profile to see the other reviews that they left. And if it's a bunch of that, it's like, oh, this person just wants to go online and complain. But unfortunately, we're not normal users. I mean, we're, we're attorneys that actually represent business owners against some of these wacko reviewers. So yeah, unfortunately, most reviewers or most users of Yelp and these other review sites don't 
don't probably look at it the same way. Yeah. And speaking of attorneys, you see the attorney for the business was Jesse Eisenberg. I thought, I didn't know he was acting and also an attorney. So that's pretty impressive for him. Oh, he's the guy that played Zuckerberg. Yeah. I mean, he's played a lot of roles, but it's probably his biggest one was that. But anyways, so he was in Rio too, by the way, he was the voice <laughs> of uh, Blue. He was in another movie recently in the last <laughs> month or so, but uh was it either Louder Than Bombs or American Ultra? Yeah, American Ultra. Well, probably both actually. <laughs> since yeah, you're, since you're just reading his IMDb page, I'm assuming. <laughs> yes. American Ultra had a radio of 6.3. So uh, that's tough. I may check that out. <laughs> Good relation to the ratings since we're talking about ratings, but uh <laughs> So I don't know if this is verified by Yelp or what it says, but according, because it has this weird algorithm or so it claims of how it filters reviews and what it is saying is it has this automated recommendation software engineered to highlight the most useful and reliable content. Our stance is quality over quantity, and we currently recommend about 71% of the reviews that are submitted. But I mean, on the flip side, and there's a lawsuit, I don't know if we talked about this before or not, but there's a lawsuit that's out in... It's in Washington, but it's been appealed to the Ninth Circuit. Yeah. This is an interesting lawsuit, actually. So basically, we, we've talked about this before. This this company that had a similar experience, it, it's, it's a little more subtle than that, but just to make the facts simple, is they sued Yelp, and the case was dismissed. The judge said, basically, Yelp is immune under the statute, which we've ta- talked before, which is, what's the number again? Do you have it with you? I always forget the exact statute number. Do I have it with me? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, do you have it on you? Yeah, I, I carry the physical statute. I don't know. <laughs> Hold on. Let me, let me get it. I believe it's 47 USC uh, Section 230 for those fact-checking. Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, and we've talked about this uh, statute before. It basically immunes these types of online publishers for content that are published by the users. So, okay, fine. That's... That was pretty obvious. That was going to happen. Yeah. So Kimsey appealed, though, and they're saying, okay, well, Yelp took this review that was published by its user and then published it on Google, meaning the Google search engines, I believe, is what they're referring to. Yeah. And therefore, in that instance, Google is protected by Section 230, not Yelp, because Yelp, in that case, is the publisher. It's an interesting argument. I don't know what your thoughts are. I, I still think that that act of publishing and whether it applies. I mean, it's the law probably needs to decide that. And if they're lucky enough to actually have a judge side with them, that'd be great. But it kind of throws Section 230 out the window because that means that all the other companies, including like Facebook and A to Z, these companies that are basically publishers of user content, once it appears in the Google listings and that information has appeared, then all of a sudden now they're opening themselves up to liability, which to me, that doesn't make sense, right? Yeah, it's a stretch for sure. So more interesting is that Kimsey, this is in, this is in Washington and Yelp, I'm sure, I think they've, they filed an anti-slap motion and the judge didn't even rule on that. But I think it's important to talk about anti-slap motions for a second because we handle issues where you, you know, a reviewer like this and and if you sue the reviewer for defamation, which is a very common tactic, the number one problem in certain states like California, especially in Texas, not as much in New York because their anti-slap motion is a little bit weakened, they can actually respond to you under this concept of anti-slap motion. And a slap 
is basically it's a it's an acronym for a strategic lawsuit against public participation. Without getting into the details, here's the bottom line: is that especially in California, if they pass a law basically trying to discourage these kind of lawsuits that are just made just to kind of pester and to quiet you down. And so when you're suing for defamation, because there might be a public interest, let's say you are a thief and a scammer and this person is saying so online and you sue them for it, California and other states don't want to reward you in the legal system and want to have some kind of tools for the people that are being sued to fight back. And so the anti-slap motion actually starts pushing the burden of proof on your side. And if you lose that motion, then there could be attorney's fees that goes against you. So usually when you do want to file these types of cases, your case should be very, very strong and you should be very concerned about it. Even if it is a strong case, you have to be ready to fight that motion because it can be a very tough battle to go through. And I'm only mentioning this in context of this particular case because the judge didn't even get that far. He just dismissed the case altogether. Yeah. And you're really hitting the listeners hard this week. You had your anti-slap motion on Wednesday, Monday, you have a... What did I go around Monday? Was it, oh, force majeure? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is law 101 here. I think one time I asked you on the, you went off on something, not anti-slap, but some provision in a contract. I asked you to rank your like <laughs> oh, 10 yeah. favorite general miscellaneous <laughs> provisions of a contract. Or I was like, rate, rank them from least favorite to favorite. And you're like, <laughs> integration clause or entire something like that. Uh, I'm sure that changes depending upon my mood. Yeah. Well, that's Yelp. Yeah. You know, I talked to a lot of people with issues with Yelp and I just feel like eventually, I mean, I, and that's why I tell them sometimes is, you know, we're, we're close to getting some, I think, major decisions that'll kind of sway things, but Yelp still has a lot of power in what they can do, unfortunately. I still think that the market will correct itself before the courts do, because it is just becoming too much, you know, and I've been boycotting Yelp. In fact, I, I had to use Yelp a little bit when I was overseas because there just wasn't that many options. Oh, you did, huh? <laughs> no, I did because I was, I, I used, uh, what was it called? Urban Spoon. I used Google reviews and they didn't have that much data, you know, when I was in Italy or Turkey or whatever. So in the States, they're still pretty good. It's funny that you, you, the person that hates Yelp refuses to use it. I, I use it. When you go to Europe, you use it. And when I went to Europe, I didn't use it at all. So <laughs> why did you use it at all? You just, uh, experimented one i didn't have a phone so I, it's pretty difficult but two we had TripAdvisor. actually TripAdvisor is good too TripAdvisor has a free i don't know i should have told you that you probably had thing but TripAdvisor has a free app where you don't you can have your i don't know how it works but you turn off you can have it in airplane mode no data used and it has a whole you can pull up like a whole database of locations i mean this is yeah you can download stuff right and it tells you how far away you are and how like it tells you how to get there i'm like how is this doing it with no data well it gets the gps at least your gps is on i actually downloaded that the last day it became useless but i figured that out <laughs> guess, guess you'll have to go again find some now you have a reason to go again yeah what was your favorite city that you went to by the way then we have the listeners probably sienna which is pretty okay. nice. Yeah. Recommend. Least favorite? Least favorite, Sienna. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot to mention that's the only spot you went to. <laughs> uh, I had a pretty, I had a pretty terrible time in the Houston airport before we left. But <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's pretty hard to pick a least favorite. I mean, there was really no 
low point, so. Yeah, fair enough. Well, all right. Thanks for joining us. Yep. Keep sound, keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.